0: Kevin Bowen here. Don't forget to listen to The Fan now on 93.5 or 107.5 FM. And check out our latest coverage online at 1075thefan.com. with the Indianapolis Colts. We're back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner. Three divisional games. the Jags at the Texans and home to the Titans. A stretch that will largely decide the fate of the 2019 Colts. Joey Molinaro across the way. Kevin Bowen back. Another edition of Kevin's Corner podcast. And Joey, we've seen it a couple times this season even last year, I guess, dating back to that Jacksonville clunker down there, 6 nothing shutout. The Colts have gotten up off the canvas before, and now they've got to do that again after two straight losses. Uh, Pittsburgh, you probably wouldn't throw in the in the straight clunk category, but certainly you would. Miami, you survived Denver. You haven't played good football the last three, three weeks, but you survived the first one, and then obviously last Sunday was awful, and I don't know, man. I think anything short of about Two and one with a win over Houston, you're going to have the steepest of climbs to get into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, remember we talked about the uh, America's game um, a few weeks back. Yeah. I forget what it was. NFL Maybe. Films action. Yeah, I think it may have been after a, a, a veterinary uh, issue again, which we'll get more into. But this seems like it's kind of one of those one of those periods, you know, where you know you're sitting at five and four, coming off a bad loss. What's yeah. going to happen with the season? Jacksonville the last couple of years. Had your number. Had your number. Coming off a bye. Nick Foles is returning. You know, this is gonna this is gonna make or break. And you know, some might argue these two games in the next five days. You know, once you start Sunday home game against
0: Jacksonville, who has definitely had your number. We'll get into that a little bit more in this podcast. And then a week from today at Houston, which will be just a monumental game and you're rocking your Steelers gear for their matchup with the Browns tonight. You know, Pittsburgh and Oakland, two teams you've lost to. They've started to play better, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's something that. This is the time of year where we start looking at playoff standings. Like this is oh, yeah. kind of when I'm like, all right, I've I, I've I've looked at the standings probably every day, really o- over the past, you
1: know, six or seven days. It aligns with when you could start listening to Christmas music or putting up decorations. <laughs> it's like right. when that starts right. happening, right. then we could start looking at the playoff. Yeah,
0: exactly, everything falls in line uh, with kind of the mid-November sort of date. And when you look at the standings right now, the Colts are at 5-4 very much from a record standpoint in the thick of a wild-card race, one game behind the Houston Texans in the division. So when you look at those sorts of things, you're like, all right, it's not really panic mode at all, but where it is a bit of panic or just a bit of concern comes from Oakland and Pittsburgh having the head-to-head early and the only head-to-head tiebreakers you're going to create with those wild-card teams and so that gives you a little bit of concern if you're a Colts fan. I think what gives you hope is the fact that you're 2-0 in the division. I, I cannot stress that enough, that you're a 5-4 football team. Yes, you're a game behind Houston. Houston has lost J.J. Watt, which is beyond significant. But the fact that you've beat them earlier this season and you have the undefeated mark in the division, I think that's why there is this kind of, all right, you're still clinging to something, and if you go 3-0 and in the division here in the next three games, you're, you're firmly mm-hmm. in the driver's seat. So just what a, what a huge stretch, and boy, man, Thanksgiving dinner is going to taste one way or the other for, for Colts fans, for, for Frank Reich, for this football team, because uh, we're going to learn a lot about the ability to continue to bounce back, the ability to overcome some injuries, all those sorts of things. Here in the next five days, starting I think really on a Sunday afternoon.
1: Everybody says it, you know the the easiest path of the playoffs is to take care of business in the division. You know, win your division doesn't matter if it's eight and eight or we've seen seven and nine. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just just win the division, take care of those opponents, and and you're sitting pretty.
0: And and lastly, before we move on, Joey, I go back to Jacksonville last year when you had the clunker, and I go back to even Oakland earlier show, which Oakland is a better football team than than what we thought back in week four but the way you played in that game was inexcusable let's go back to Jacksonville Jacksonville last year early December they lost seven straight Leonard Fournette suspended for that game they fire their offensive coordinator that week I mean they are (laughs) they couldn't be in more disarray right you get shut out what do you do the next two weeks to Houston T.Y. Hilton does his thing Huge road victory over a team that was competing for a bye. I mean, Houston at that point had won. Eight in a row. Yeah, I was going to say eight or nine in a row, and they were in the thick of, you know, for that bye. And then the next week at Oil Stadium, you shut out America's team. Mm-hmm. That's how you bounce back. Go back to Oakland this year. You have all the drops. You know, you're a touchdown favorite. That that That's a bad loss. Jacoby Brissett makes that one error that we haven't really seen him make very often at all this season with that late pick, you're two and two. You think you're reeling a little bit potentially because Kansas City and Houston are on the schedule, and what do you do? You go to Arrowhead and get a monumental win, and then you come back from your bye and you beat the Texans at home. So this team has shown an ability to bounce back. Some might argue this stretch right now that they're in, they've played the poorest if you're going to compare those kind of the, the, the Jacksonville time that you were um, had that loss and how you are playing around that moment and then Oakland as well. You're probably playing the poorest right here, right now, but still, you've done it before. Can you do it again?
1: We're going to get into that and we're going to get into some predictions, a few Twitter questions, and as well, uh, some reaction to Adam Vinatieri. Oh, boy. And uh, oh boy. I'm looking forward to that a lot. It's uh, kind of our own version of you know, celebrities reading mean tweets from yeah. Jimmy Kimmel. We'll get into that, but let's start, Kevin, with things you learned, and, and I mentioned Adam Vinatieri. Frank Reich comes out yesterday, sticking with it. Sticking with Vinny.
0: Yeah, second workout for the Colts didn't lead to any tangible results, so I would say the public words of affirmation with Adam Vinatieri have slightly lessened, but the actions remain the same, and I made it pretty clear on Monday's podcast what I think of that. And I will reiterate that. I I don't understand how you can continue to stick with him at this point of the season. And Frank Reich mentioned yesterday about leadership. That was kind of the popular theme. We believe in him. His leadership means a lot. His presence means a lot. And Joey, tell me if I'm totally wrong. But when I think leadership and I think presence, doing your job and doing it well is the most important aspect of being a leader. If you can't do what you're supposed to do, how is anyone supposed to follow you? Right, kind of discredits everything. That's how I look at it. And, And I look at it, honestly, 10 times more for a specialist in the NFL. If you're a punter and you're a kicker or a long snapper and you're on the field for whatever, five or six plays a game, and you aren't in the trenches and you aren't getting hit and you aren't in kind of the the whatever you want to call it, the normal aspects that we think of of football. If you're not doing your job, I, I just don't know how you can really lead. So I, I'm just not sure if I totally follow that. Um, you know, Frank Wright gave out the whole Marv Levy quote of, you treat everyone fairly, but not everyone the same. And like, I I get it. Not every player is treated the same in every NFL locker room. Like, I I understand that. And then he goes back to the 24 years. And I'm just, when does that track record run out? When does the leeway run out? Exactly. When do we start thinking father time has caught up to Adam Vinatieri? Because the reality of the situation is this, Joey. They've given Adam Vinatieri one-year contracts the last two offseasons. If Adam Vinatieri is twenty-seven years old, you'd be giving him a five-year contract. Like they've admitted that the age element is there. That's why you aren't extending him with these huge contract numbers that you would do with Justin Tucker or right. you know Will Lutz or insert whoever you think is a great kicker in today's NFL. Um, so I just I don't know. I I don't I don't totally follow what the Colts are 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 doing with this. And as I mentioned on Monday's podcast the biggest element to me of this right now is not necessarily the five missed field goals, which isn't great, not even good. It's the extra points. And when you see free agent kickers out there that have made a high number of extra points in their careers or even this season, whether that's Matt Bryant, whether that's Cody Parkey, even some of the guys that you brought in, Mike Mike Nugent, yes, Missed three field goals with New England earlier this year. Also only missed one extra point in, like, five games. Um, you know, Greg Joseph. You know, some of these other kickers that Nick Rose another kicker that you brought in or earlier this week. It, it's a stat that I looked up, I think, just after Monday's podcast. And it is beyond astonishing to me because we know the NFL changed the extra point rule in 2015, moved it back to 33 yards. Mm. So since that season, you've had 155 kickers, 155 kickers attempt at least 16 extra points in a season. So a pretty good sample size, 16 yeah. extra points, 155 kickers since 2015. At 70% this season, Adam is dead last on that list, which is notable enough. But then you look at the guy that's just above him, Adam is at 70%. The guy just above him is Blair Walsh at 70... I want to say it's 78%. Hmm. Eight percentage points from 155th on that list to 154th. I mean, to say that he's been bad would be a compliment. Those are the facts. I right, mean, these yeah. are this is just pure, straight evidence. So... You know, Reich mentioned yesterday we worked out the kickers and we just feel like Adam's the best person to get us out of this and, you know, more or less didn't like what they saw. And I just, I don't
1: know. Obviously, we aren't watching those those tryouts, but. Well, for what it's worth, I put a poll up on um, the fans' Instagram oh story. who At this point, who would you rather have, Cody Parkey or Adam Benatieri? It was about 68% Adam Benatieri for the vote. So you think that's that, Parky stigma? Yes, and but I, that's why I did that is because I'm saying, okay, you know, well, if they're bringing a guy like this in, who are you want to roll with? You want to still stick with Vinny because because you know him and you don't want that double doink stigma. And apparently, people did.
0: You know, I was listening to Pat McAfee this week and he made it pretty clear that Vinny hit it fat in a huge situation, the extra point on Sunday against Miami. McAfee also brought up how Vinatieri said to him, and I think we've heard him say this publicly numerous times. When, or as long as I can help my team, I will continue to kick. And when I can't help my team anymore, that's when I'll know it's time to hang it up. Yeah. It sounds great. And like, clearly, if you go off that quote, Adam Vinatieri should look in the mirror and be like, all right, I'm done. But, I almost don't fault him. I fault Ballard, Reich, Ursay, whoever is making this decision ultimately. Because it's impossible for a competitor in the middle of a season to be that honest with himself. I mean, think about it. We all in our own little world, we all have things that we think we're a lot better at than we probably are, or we think we can do things that we ultimately can't do. So we're the we're the worst people to ask about that stuff. You've got to make this decision for him. And I I, I don't know. So many people have asked me, you know, do you think it's Ursa? Do you think it's Ballard? Do you think it's Reich? It's on all of them, all of them at this point, that you've accepted this and that when you preach accountability, that was a word Chris Ballard used in his opening press conference, accountability, and you are the worst kicking unit in the NFL. and You you haven't made one change, not one change to that kicking unit. I, I just – it's it, it's shocking to me. I, I expected better out of this regime to preach all these things and seemingly act on pretty much all of it. I mean, Ballard's been a man of his word through so much stuff. Mm. But now you get here now, it's costing you actual football games. This isn't like you are paying Devin Funches more money than fans think you should pay him. And, like, he hasn't been great, but he's been okay. Like, it's not that. It's not a judgment. Like, these are direct results impacting your football games. And you're
1: not doing anything about it. You know what's weird, too, is that after Andrew Luck retired, remember the kind of, like, awkwardness and kind of tension it felt like with Vinatieri of him being like, here I am, 47 years old. You know, I'm ready to to ride this thing out and, and have my guy and, and be on a Super Bowl winning team. Yeah. You know, and, and it felt like he was kind of yeah. upset. And, and and then now, you know, flash forward to November 14th, and it, it's almost like, what? I mean, if if, if Luck wouldn't have retired, would, would Vinatieri maybe have looked at himself? I don't know. I don't know yeah. what I'm getting at, yeah. but it just seems odd that it's like at that point he was feeling that way, and then now... And,
0: and, you know, someone asked me as well, do you think he's, like, hanging on for the career games record? He has so many records. Career games he doesn't have. Morton Anderson played, like, 380, and I think Vinny's at, like, 365 or something. I mean, not only is he going to finish this year, he's got to kick next year. Right. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I am, I am a, I'm not totally shocked the Colts haven't made a move. It just seems like such an emotional decision that
1: yeah.
0: that they continue to make. Like, it feels like Pagano sort of thing, where Pagano's holding on to, you know, just the guys that he loves in his locker room. And some of my media colleagues have, have mentioned, like, if this was Ryan, Ryan Grigson, Vinny would have got those scissors right away. Which, I don't look at Ballard as just this guy that's so tied to the emotions of it all. And I, I know he's preached leadership a lot with Vinny, but I go back to the most important part of being a leader. It's doing your job. Yeah. So, and to add insult to injury, I don't know if you saw this on Friday night. I'm pretty sure I don't follow high school football very closely.
1: Oh, Taylor Tannenbaum told me about it.
0: Did you, did you hear about this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, correct me if I'm wrong.
0: And this is just this, this is where I honestly believe this, and I think my tone has sort of reflected this over the past few minutes talking about this. This has gotten sad. Yeah. We, we've gotten to the point where it's sad that it that it has led to this. Um. Vinatieri's son is a freshman kicker at Carmel.
1: Is that correct? Uh, from what I've heard.
0: And they're killing, you know, whoever they're playing in the sectional or Westfield or something. I don't know. They're up big. So the kid goes in and punts in the fourth quarter. Block punt. Return for a touchdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Kirby Enthusiasm theme playing for that family right now. That's uh, That's bad. I mean,
0: it's just like. Yeah, and I, Taylor Taylor told me yesterday, she was the one that told me that. She's like, I can't use that footage. Right. You know, it's just like, that's something you see go viral on Barstool in a, in a second. You know, can you right. imagine that as if it could get worse for this family? But the Colts have accepted. They will take this inconsistent fourth down play, and um, it's cost them X amount of games already this year. And if there's any good news, Joey, they play indoors in pretty good weather the rest of the year. But as we've seen here the f- past few weeks, Denver, Miami, now these issues are coming indoors. Right,
1: hasn't hasn't really mattered. He's 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 hooking no matter what. We'll get into some uh, reaction from some listeners uh, and some followers coming up later. But uh, we got to talk about the offensive line, Kevin. It's been really really odd the uh, switch that we've seen from the beginning of the year after the Kansas City game, just completely demoralizing that team. Yeah, and then against Denver, Pittsburgh, Miami, even. I mean, what the hell? Looks like uh, Ryan Grigson a line.
0: Yeah, it, it, it does. Um, and Joey, I, I think when you look at the offensive line, you you hold that position group to a higher standard inside that inside that locker room. You grade them at a higher level because you've invested more into that position group than any other on the roster. There are four top forty picks that start at the five positions there. You know, you made significant changes. To improving that group so not only do you hold them to a higher level of play this team flat out needs it like you have to have how this roster is built you need them to be at an elite level and for how the personnel has played out injury-wise over the past few weeks you absolutely need them at a top five level and I, I don't know they haven't even been top Calling them average would probably be unfair. I don't think they've even been average. Mm-hmm. And Frank Reich, frankly, probably disagrees a decent amount with with what I'm saying. Anthony Anthony Costanzo did mention yesterday, like, look, I know we haven't been good. Yeah, you know, I mean, he was he, he was pretty blunt mm-hmm. blunt about it. And Frank Reich wants to call, you know, oh, he played some really good defenses. That's not entirely true. Mm-hmm. If you look at it since the season opener. They've played one defense ranked in the top ten. One. That was Denver, and I think you'd call Denver, at the time of the game, I think you'd call Denver's defense a little bit better in the secondary than they are in the front. Now, I think Pittsburgh's got a really good front, but Miami, I mean, it's just the negative run plays and the muddiness of the pocket. Those are the two biggest issues. Colts have 30 negative runs. That's fourth in the NFL.
1: Yeah, when they're pulling, I mean, when you've seen Nelson and and, and Golinski polling, it, it just seems like teams have said, okay, we're just going to shoot them. You know, yeah. We're going we're to shoot those
0: gaps. And, and and I'm glad you brought that up because of the 30 negative run stats, 16 of them are from the left side,
1: hmm.
0: which you'd think that's Costanzo and Nelson. But – when I go back and watch some of those negative runs, if it, if it does happen on the left side, a lot of it is the right side gets beat, and then they make the play from the back.
1: And a lot of those, like a good amount of those runs, seem to be kind of long, you know, longer developing, slower developing yeah. for
0: sure. And l- let me say this: this is not all on the offensive line. A large chunk of it is, but the tight ends have not been great, and even Marlon Mack and the running backs have had some issues in pass protection as well. But still, I, I just you. The line's been healthy. Like, that. That that's the yeah. biggest—like, what happens when an injury occurs? I mean, you're 11 games in the season, and Ryan Kelly has missed—or 9 games in the season, 11 weeks in the season. You've missed Ryan Kelly for two quarters, and that's it. I mean, you've been incredibly, incredibly healthy. Um, So, yeah, I, I think that's where the disappointment comes. You know, I asked Frank Reich earlier this week, is it a Goosh thing? Is it a Chris Strausser thing? He made it very clear he feels like Chris Strausser is doing a lot of good for that offensive line. Um, But again, you know, given how this roster is built, the Colts can't have the O-line be anything but an unquestioned strength of this team, especially if they want to get on a run here to end the season. And and I think it's a mixture of things. I I, I think we've seen probably more so breakdowns in one-on-one and handling stunts, especially on the right side, Braden Smith and Mark Lewinsky, has been an issue. Uh, but we also, I think, I've seen some identification stuff against Miami that the negative runs. I get that you're going to have more because you do run the football more so than than other teams. But you start looking at the numbers right now, Joe. You're you're ranked. You're ranked 21st in the NFL in yards per carry. You know, that's that's not a number I think anybody expected through mm-hmm. the first nine games of this season. And have the injuries at receiver and the lack of vertical passing game contributed to some of those run numbers? Without a doubt. I don't want to lose sight of that. But still, I think the offensive line needs to play at a higher level. And Frank Gregg has even mentioned it before. I don't care what those boxes look like. You still got to have some sort of success against them. And the Colts just have not had that here as of late.
1: Lastly thing of things you've learned so far this week, Kevin, uh, what's what's going on with the latest with the injuries? Devin Funches. is he going to be back out there this week? So Funches practice Wednesday,
0: non-contact, the first practice he's had since the season opener. As of right now, and we are recording this early on Thursday morning, I'm going to say no on Funchess. Um, it, it just seems like there are a few more boxes that he needs to check, full contact being one of those. And he's eligible to play on Sunday, but he's been eligible to practice for three weeks, and didn't you know practice throughout a lot of time. You know, him and Nick Foles both suffered the broken clavicle in Week One, and it's two totally different positions. But Foles is going to be ready, and I'm just not sure if Funches is going to be ready. So, um, basically, the Colts now are in a 21 day period where Funches can practice. At the end of those 21 days, you have to make a move by then, either to call him up. Or put him on IR for the rest of the season. Mm. I expect him to be called up at some point. But I'm just not sure if that's going to be this weekend. Jacoby Brissett, great news. Full participant in practice yesterday. Barring any setback, he's going to be under center Sunday against the Jags. Uh, For those of you that might feel like Chad Kelly deserves to be the backup, Frank Reich um, pretty much shunned that idea Wednesday during the press conference. Said Brian Hoyer is definitely the backup. This week, and there there will be no competition there. Um, so the Colts are making a decision earlier in the week on, on their starting quarterback, which I am all about. Yeah. And I, I, I will be curious. Watching Jacoby yesterday in the limited time that we, we watch him, I do feel like he's moving better than he moved last week. But that Jacksonville front, we'll get into a little bit later. Mm-hmm. They still got some dudes up there. Yeah. I know they don't have Jalen Ramsey, but, man, they got dudes. I was watching that Monday Night Football game, Joey. I don't know how much you watched that. It was a good one. Seattle, San Fran, Fran. My biggest takeaway on that, there are some bad, bad mothers on those two defenses.
1: Yeah, San Fran especially. Yeah. I mean, there's just some... I mean... It's like that. those... Five or six years of drafting a D lineman in the first round, finally, 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 finally paying Bozo. off.
0: Not only first round, hell, they're drafting top fifteen defensive linemen. Right, you yeah. know it was top ten. I mean, it was Solomon yeah.
1: Thomas, Buckner, uh, Bosa,
0: Bosa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did not mess around there for a while. Um, Bosa
1: could kill me with his bare hands. Yeah, like he's a he's a just a he's a monster.
0: Bosa or Watt family in a dark alley. Who do you, who do you not want to see?
1: Uh, Bosa. They got they got uh history, they got family ties to the mob. Do they? Oh yeah. There's there's like Is that a, real? Oh yeah. Like their I think their grandfather or their great grandfather was like a notorious just hitman for the mob.
0: God, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. So they got it in their blood to you know take some people out. Yeah.
0: Um couple more injuries. Okay, we move on. TY, I asked Frank Reich specifically. Will he practice this week? Oh, boy.
1: <laughs> Am I going through puberty? <laughs> it sounded like I was back at Disney World God. with Mickey Mouse. Boy, I feel like my buddy Chris Fangman
0: back in high school. I couldn't tell if you were doing man, that on purpose or not. No, day? that was natural. I'm that's growing facial hair for the month hilarious. of November. I.
1: That's great. <laughs> uh, that's a real
0: kick in the you-know-what to start your Thursday. Um, let me drink a little bit of water after that one. This I'm, week? to it kind of oh. humble me. <laughs> That's great. Boy, the Bosa family had me nervous there. Um, all right, where, where where are we at? Hilton? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I asked Reich, will he practice this week? Uh, a little bit more of a deeper voice nice. there. Um, and Frank Reich said he will not practice today. So Frank Reich hinting at, not going to rule him out just yet, but as we said on Monday's podcast, as we tape right now, T.Y. Hilton is two weeks removed from the injured calf. And this is kind of a three to four week sort of injury was the original timetable. So that Houston game next week will be just after three weeks. Um, We're going to find out a little bit more on Hilton here potentially today or tomorrow. But I'm not. I don't expect him to play against Jacksonville, but you never know with him. And I think one thing you got to look at, Joey, is just the lack of vertical passing game, which has been a storyline all season. And here in this in this rut, the the sort of three game rut that you're in. You've had two passing plays of over 25 yards in the last three games. Two. One of them, Jacoby Brissett escapes Von Miller and finds Hilton. And the other one, Paris Campbell's catch and run in Pittsburgh. There's just nothing. There's just nothing with this wideout group right now. And Miami's defense, their secondary with a bunch of no-names in that secondary, they're like... There's a bunch of no names in that wideout group. We're just gonna come up and play man, right? And we're gonna win. And they absolutely won. So that 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 has to change. And I don't. I sit here on Thursday, think to myself, I don't know if you're gonna get any of your top three wideouts back. I, I I'm not sure on that right now. So we'll monitor Hilton here over the next two days. And then lastly, Paris Campbell. Um, he mentioned that broken hand against Pittsburgh. Maybe back for Tennessee. Do I want to say it's like December 1st? Yeah. So so two weeks from now. Yeah, you won't play against Jacksonville and Houston. Um, And I know we had a lot of questions on Deion Kane coming out of Monday's podcast, back on the practice squad. Called up with him yesterday in the locker room. And, you know, I was just like, hey, what you know, what was Chris Ballard's message to you? And he said, Ballard says he just wants me to key in, lock in, and take this game serious. It's the National Football League. A lot of talent comes and goes. Put my head down and work and rise up and be the type of person that he wants me to be. Deion Kane right now is on the practice squad. You're seemingly about to get healthier at receiver. I don't see where Deion Kane makes an impact the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. I, I what a bummer! Yeah, I, 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 would be, I'd be surprised. And, and Kane did mention that some teams reached out to him, you know, about claiming him or maybe signing him once if he, if the Colts didn't bring him back to their practice squad. But it seemed like the consensus from around the league was we need guys to contribute right now, and his evidence just doesn't indicate that he can do that right now. Yeah. More of an immediate sort of impact, and, and Kane isn't in the Dontrell Inman category, if you will. Right.
1: You want to do some Twitter questions?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, sorry. One more. Pierre to okay. Seer didn't practice. He's practiced three times in the last fourteen practices. That's not good. You're so thin a corner right now. You got to get Pierre to healthy. Maybe you don't need him for you know this week or something. But I mean DeAndre Hopkins next week. Mike Evans in a few weeks. Michael Thomas down the road. Oof you got to get Pierre to see her healthy.
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, let's hop into a few Twitter questions here cool. on a Thursday. Uh, from Sincere, how likely do you think it would be, depending where the Colts end up drafting, uh, the Colts would move up in the draft to get either a top pass rusher or a wide receiver? With that Skins pick looking like it's going to be an early second-round pick Could help with moving up to the first round. I think it's safe to say those are the two biggest needs, being that the Colts are 0-7 without TY and not consistently getting pressure on opposing QBs unless they're down a starting O-lineman.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's very, very good rationale by Sincere there. Um, You know, moving up, I'm not necessarily sure if that's the answer because I still look at it as like you kind of got several needs. Again, putting quarterback to his side, receiver. D-end. What about D-tackle? Corner. I mean, if Pierre Seer is going to have this injury stuff, and yeah. you aren't. Sure, I mean, you always need corners. <laughs> um, I also throw offensive line into the mix as well. And tight end. I mean, if you're going to let Ebron walk in free agency, all of a sudden tight end becomes a new I mean, Jack Doyle turns 30 in May. I, I'm all aboard bringing back Jack Doyle. But still, I mean, there's several positions. So, trading up now all of a sudden are you hurting some draft cap like it's going to be a very interesting dilemma here of like do the Colts look at and think all right let's just build around Jacoby Brissett we can't afford to give up a bunch of draft capital if there's not a quarterback that knocks their socks up, maybe do they take a quarterback in the fifth round or somebody and it's like let's develop them I yeah boy gosh it's gonna be fascinating
1: from Keenan he says hey Kevin just want to vent for a second Jacoby said he wanted to play, and Coach said he was 80-85%. All caps. He needs to play. This is a 16-game season, and without luck, there is no margin for error. I'm still very much taking a wait-and-see approach on Jacoby, and after a lackluster performance against Denver and then a no-show last week, I'm leaning towards not being sold. Hoyer was bad, which made everyone be like, see, Jacoby can lead us. What do you think of Jacoby?
0: Um, I mean... I don't think much differently of him than I probably thought when he was playing against Denver and Pittsburgh. I think he's done a ton of good. Um, I think you saw on Sunday his strength of protecting the football is so valuable. Uh, there is a balance between pumping the ball down the field and still being uh, prudent w- with those decisions and things like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I see no reason why I'm going to change kind of my stance on what I've seen out of Jacoby Reset of, like, Done a lot of good, not sold on him, being your slam dunk, write it $100 million contract for him in the offseason yeah. or insert whatever type of money he is. But I also don't sit here and be like, oh, my gosh, he's been so bad that you need to get rid of him. I, I'd be I'd be really surprised if Jacoby Reset wasn't on this team week one next season. I, I'd honestly be, be pretty surprised if Jacoby Reset wasn't your starter week one in 2020. Now, you can still draft a quarterback very early. And have that guy sit behind Jacoby. Now, that might be awkward, but, um, you know, obviously Kansas City and, and Ballard right, did that with yeah. Patrick Mahomes and Alex Smith. So,
1: um, yeah, I mean, my, you know, uh, been a little bit better than than I thought he would be, certainly. From Ben, he says, Chris Ballard is a smart guy. At this point, do you think it's Jim Ursay that's keeping Adam and around and not allowing Chris to wave him? I get this question a
0: lot. We haven't heard from Ursay since week three about or week two about Advanateri. And um You know, when you when we heard Jim say after that Tennessee game, he seemed to be more on the this is a huge issue than than anybody. Like he was very vocal about the problems that they were having as a kicking unit. The only time we've heard Chris Bauer talk about it was last week with Matt Taylor. And he said that it's you know not on one guy and it's eleven man operation. So that lends me to think that Ursay is probably more pro getting rid of Vinny or at least acknowledging publicly that it's a problem and Ballard's not. Uh, but again I'm basing that off of you know two comments two months apart and a lot of happened since then. And who knows what they're gonna say publicly versus behind the scenes. If Jim Ursay would want him cut, he'd be cut. I mean that's right. That's an owner. Having said that, Jim Ursay calls Chris Ballard the greatest general manager hire of the 21st century and you would think he'd give him all the say in that. So it, it's really tough for me to be like if Reich wanted him cut would Ballard abide?
1: Mm. That's where more of the struggle would be as compared to Ursay and Ballard. Yeah. Right.
0: And then and then if if Ballard wanted him cut does Ursay overrule that because it is out of and Terry?
1: Right. I think that's the, 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 that's what that's I I going.
0: I wish I had a better answer on that. Um, I legitimately think Ballard and Reich believe. I do, which is probably scarier than anything. Honestly, you would hope from a decision-making standpoint that Ursa is just like, he's on the side of our building. We can't cut. Like, you, yes. you would hope it's something crazy because the malpractice shown by the two decision-makers are just, yeah. Odd. I mean, yeah, it makes me, makes Very me odd. Yeah, you know,
1: my voice will crack another thousand times. <laughs> From Matt, possible topic for the next Kevin's Corner, and here it is. I just ranked the league 1-32. to 32. Colts were at 16. Teams we beat equals 16.4. Teams we lost to equals 19.3. Remaining schedule equals 15.4. What would yours look like? Oh, God. Well, that
0: could take me about an hour to crunch all those numbers. Yeah. Um, power ranking-wise, Colts, I don't know. I'd probably play some, like— 14-ish in power rankings, you know, which I guess is just on the outside of a kind of a playoff picture. I do think the schedule is a lot tougher down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, is there any game you look at these last seven, which is home to Jacksonville at Houston, home to Tennessee at Tampa at New Orleans, home to Carolina at Jacksonville. I don't look at any of those games and think the Colts should be favored by more than about four. Right. Home to Tennessee and at Tampa. Yeah. But, I mean, is Tan has Tannehill done something there?
1: Looks like it. And, I mean, with Carolina, it looked down and out, and then all of a sudden Kyle Allen has them, you know, a chance to win the game at Lambeau in the snow. And, you know, you know
0: they're going to be in the thick of a playoff wild card race probably in week 16. And Tampa's just so weird. Like, Jameson Bruce Aarons will have a couple games where they score 30 points against good teams. So... Yeah, what do you say on the final teams in the schedule? Ranks them fifteen or something. Uh, fifteen point four. Oh, I would almost go a little higher. Maybe yeah. there are kind of some mediocre teams in Jacksonville and Tennessee, but
1: and yeah, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Tampa probably weighs. That yeah, down. yeah, you but know. still,
0: I I think the back half of the schedule is going to be a good test.
1: From JJ Marie, are the Colts hurting themselves because of lies and what I call the hashtag culture of secrecy? Started with Lux injuries and still continues. Examples, Kane is great, cut. Jacoby practices, inactive. Vinny okay, Mrs. kicks, probably injured.
0: I think they're all individual case studies. Like, they aren't lying about Deion Kane. Deion Kane looked great. Like, that's not them lying. We watched it yep. firsthand. I mean, honestly, we, we watched... The Deion Kane training camp practices last year. We watched them this year. We watched them in preseason games this year. There's mm-hmm. no lying there. Mm-hmm. Um Jacoby and Brian Hoyer, that that again to me is more of malpractice. I think Frank Reich legitimately thought Jacoby Brissett was gonna play. And if he could do it all over again, he would have given Brian Hoyer more starting reps. Like This was not the Colts saying Jacoby is going to play and him getting 3% of starting reps in practice. No, no, no. They gave him the vast majority of starting reps. So that is just more of a, you didn't handle that right. Um, Look, I know the Colts have definitely not been as transparent as possible with certain things, mainly surrounding their former quarterback, Andrew Luck. Um, I would say the Kane issue, throw that out the window, with Berset's handling of his injury and and Adam Vinatieri, they're not lying. They're just, they just believe things that I I I'm stunned that they that they believe and how they've handled it. they they they're it's more of a mishandling than a PR issue.
1: Yeah, to me for sure. From Maddie, it now double seems our biggest issue. ...of the offense comes at the wide receiver playmaker department with all the injuries. Any change in wide receiver options? Calling Kane back up. Funches yet to practice. Doesn't seem viable for Sunday. Also seems as if wide receiver is never the position Ballard tries out on Tuesday.
0: Uh, I won't go there. I think there have been a few wide outs that have tried out. There are always wide outs on the practice squad. Multiple wideouts. it seems like. Honestly, the wide out improvement, Joey, that's going to come this season is going to come from... T.Y. Hilton getting healthy, Devin is getting healthy, and Paris Campbell getting healthy. I think that's what leaves fans some hope, is that if you can get Brissett back and play at the level that maybe we saw more so like Atlanta-Houston level, and then you can get healthy at wideout, which, again, it might not happen this week. It might not even happen for Houston. Like Maybe that's to Tennessee, which that's the other reason why you're worried. There's hope in like you're going to get healthy pretty quick at wideout. But can you get healthy quick enough? Because if you lose to Jacksonville, and lose to Houston, holy shit! I mean, yeah, that might be over. Bye, bye, Birdie. You know that that would be just a straight kick in the you know what. Um. But yeah, there. The I don't see any outside moves, Joey. I, I think it's going to be you get
1: healthy at whiteout, and you, we finally see if that group can live up to it. From Hillary, she says, "Hey, Kevin." I have a question for your game preview podcast. I was at the game on Sunday at Lucas Oil, and it was just dead. What do the Colts need to do to enhance the game day experience in the stadium? Seems like the fan environment doesn't pump up the team too much either. Another question that we get a good amount. Yeah. And I
0: agree, and it's something I've mentioned. I've been in a lot of NFL stadiums, and the Colts have one of the um, least intimidating environments, honestly. Um. Let me first start by saying this: I think the NFL and teams in general just need to start charging less for tickets. I think it's outrageous how much money it is to go to an NFL football game, and and you're starting to see empty seats. I mean, I think that Houston game, you have like eight thousand empty seats. That's a ton. Yeah. For a that's the most the biggest the game of the year, biggest home game on your schedule, and you have that many empty seats. Um. So again, I think that's more of a league-wide. Teams need to kind of get on board of like, all right, would you rather have ninety-eight percent of your building full in a great environment, wanting people to come back, and charge ten dollars less per ticket, than have? And I guess we should probably crunch numbers on that, but I don't know. You've 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 been in Pittsburgh. You've you, you've been to Colts games. Is there anything that stands out to you?
1: Yeah, I don't really know what the answer is. I mean, I mean,
0: can we get away from only playing Tom Petty and John Mellencamp? <sighs>
1: yeah, that's that's a big one. Um, I think finding a song, like
0: Bang on These Drums is a song that the, that they play after touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But, like, Pittsburgh has the Renegade. Yeah. Can you find a song that, like, you play right after the National Anthem gets over and coin toss is done and after Pat McAfee yells on the Jumbotron how loud the stadium is, like, then you go into this, like, intense song – of, like, whatever, Till I Collapse by Eminem, or, right. you know, insert your hard beat here. Mm-hmm. And then that's the song you play, like, when there's a minute to go out of the third quarter, and you're coming back from TV, and you want to get your fans pumped for the fourth quarter. Or, third down happens, and instead of just the alarm, now you have that song beat as well. Right. Like, I feel like you kind of got you to get that in there. And you could oh look, still play your Mellencamp and Petty here and then, but, like, I don't
1: know. Man, I think what it really comes down to is just how much of a – this is going to sound lame, but like how much of a connection how much of a belief fan bases have in their team. Um, I like I, 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 I've seen it in Pittsburgh where I've been at games back when we hoped that their defense would make a play or do something, but deep down we kind of knew no matter how loud it was they probably weren't going to make it. Mm-hmm. Um but then, you know, with a team like this one that is playing out in Pittsburgh, like if it's third down, you're you're hyped because you feel you feel sack coming. Yeah. You feel turnover coming, you know, and it's been happening. And so like that it, it, it's really cliche and cheesy and like stupid, but like I feel like back in those RCA dome days, one, that kind of enclosed environment just sure. automatically For made sure. more noise. Yeah. But then you knew Freeney or Mathis was coming off the edge. You knew Bob Sanders was gonna light somebody up. Like I don't, even with Darius Leonard, I, I don't know if people still feel that way. So even when on third down or an important situation, it's just not that same kind of like, oh, it's coming, like, yeah. like rabid dogs, just like ready to go. Right. I, I think that's fair. And
0: obviously offensively this year, they have not been anywhere near very exciting at all. So that plays into, I think a little bit as well, because when you are putting up big points offensively and. Boom, here comes touchdowns and bang on these drums all day. That does carry over a little bit to your energy when the defense is out there. So, I mean, what, you've scored over 24 points at home maybe once, twice? I mean, definitely not recently. Um, so, yeah, I, I it's a question I get a lot. Changing up the music is probably my biggest answer. Uh, again, more of a league-wide thing. Can you make tickets a little bit cheaper? I mean, I know the Colts invest a ton, a ton into in game experience and marketing and send people on the road just purely to take notes of other venues and
1: Yeah. Well it's tough too because like in the NBA, you have a small enough arena where you can have little fan sections like the Pacers do that. Can kinda have their drums or their you know, make more noise and be more of like a student section. The NFL you got a sixty eight thousand person stadium. It's tough. You can't
0: really do that. No, you know you can't. You can't. And and the NBA and the, you know Major League Baseball, like they know how much in game experience means. Like, you know, people are going to baseball games because they enjoy having a hot dog, drinking a beer, and singing the seventh inning stretch, and like being outdoors. Like, the NFL, it's like you really rely on your product on the field. And also, I I think other things like need to happen where you're you're showing tons of replays. Like the and I know home teams don't want to show replays that can go against them, but that's why people love sitting on their couch. They see the HD replay right then and there. Um fantasy updates on the board probably need to be like a little bit more frequent. Yeah. Um, you know, can, can you get to the point where it's like when Dean Blandino comes into a game on CBS and makes that announcement on a call, can you put something on the Jumbotron that explains why? Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I, I know some of these are probably a bit far, far-fetched, far but...
1: We do our best to answer these yeah, things. Yeah, Hillary, thing. more. thanks for the question. Uh, from Craig, this is the last one I got here. Uh, maybe it's not the last one. Um, from Craig, given our offensive struggles the past few weeks, why are we not employing a no-huddle offense as a change of pace? Love the pod.
0: You've been hurt, particularly at quarterback. So, yeah, I mean, th- those are the reasons. I don't think we've seen any no-huddle from the Colts, so... Um... Yeah, I, I, I think those are the reasons why um, you haven't seen that.
1: Actually, that is the last one that okay. i had. Cool. Cool. Uh, so before we get into the keys to the game and the prediction, Kevin, we're going to bring a little bit of uh, mean tweets, uh, Jimmy Kimmel action to Kevin's corner. I don't
0: here. think I've had my mentions blow up this week. Really, more so on a topic than than any other topic. Obviously, Andrew Luck right, and the whole retirement, but... This Adam and Terry stuff's got people
1: nuts. So what I'll do is, so yesterday you tweeted out um, after Frank Reich had had talked, uh, saying that Frank Reich says the Colts are sticking with Adam Terry as their kicker. That was your tweet. Yes. Plain and simple. One sentence, short and to the point. And here are a few of the reactions, and just feel free to chime oh, in as you see. Frank Reich says the Colts are sticking with Adam Terry as their kicker. From you. From James. Is it too late to tank? Go in there.
0: I, I actually got a couple of those
1: uh, from Razor. So should he or Ballard be fired for this decision? Someone has to be. It is criminal, unless of course one of them are trying to do some point shaving. Dot 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 dot. A few extra points here or there. Yeah. No, I'm just
0: kidding. Can you folks, imagine? Like, but... <laughs> if that was a story, obviously it is not, right, but like, yeah. can you
1: imagine? Yeah. I mean, anytime that gambling, you know, now that gambling's such a big thing, you're always yeah. going to have those folks that are like, like, it's a conspiracy. If this was the Las Vegas Raiders,
0: oh, there man. would be like yeah. legit. Oh, yeah,
1: 100%. Uh, again, the tweet from Kevin Frank Reich says the Colts are sticking with Adam Vinatieri as their kicker. Drew Russell responds Frank Reich sounded like a fourth grader trying to convince his mom that he's, quote, really really sick and needs to stay home from school yeah
0: i don't know if i if i've ever told you a story but um i hated taking medicine when i was younger who didn't you know um especially pills and so my parents room was across the hallway from me upstairs and so i'd go into their room I, i don't know how old i was probably first second grade I'd take the pill, like my mom would hand me the pill, Uh and then I'd say, oh, my water's in my room, and I'd I'd go in there and act like I was taking it. And I would put the pills underneath my bed. Nice. And not take them. And when my parents found them, or like when I was sick for like two straight weeks, I blamed them on the people that lived there previously.
1: You said that they left the pills under your bed? They left the
0: pills. So I think I was under the impression that when you moved, you just got the furniture of the people that that, that lived there
1: before. <laughs> that one doesn't really fly. Doesn't really fly. Yeah. I, I was the same way with vitamins. I hated yeah. taking vitamins because they were just nasty. And so I would- Like chewables? I would, yeah. I would be like, oh, I'm taking it on my way to school. And I would throw it out the window. Like, this isn't high school even. I would throw it out my car window. <laughs> and my mom is so insane that one time she had a suspicion that I wasn't taking them. And she saw something off the side of the road, like an orange little thing, pulled over and saw that it was my <laughs> vitamin. And so I got in trouble and she was like, We need to start taking your vitamins.
0: Oh my God. Your mom and my mom. But yeah. <laughs> definitely. The things definitely kids go, do, oh, man, to not God. be healthy. It's it, insane. It, but in all seriousness, doesn't it kind of sound like a fourth grader telling it? Like, it's almost like they are trying to get themselves. They're in this room and they're like, Come on. Really can He can do it, yeah. right? Like, right. I believe in you. Yep. Like, you're your worst hitters up to bat and t-ball and the manager pulls the kid aside and yeah. like johnny straighten up your glasses i really believe you can do this For and sure. then he walks away and you're like all right yeah, game's
1: it. over yeah buy the walking tacos this is my personal favorite here from john captain of the titanic quote full speed ahead no worries about icebergs <laughs> that's that's a really good pair honestly there. if you can't laugh a little bit about this i I
0: know I said earlier it's sad, but if you can't laugh a little bit about it, you're gonna you're gonna go crazy.
1: Right? Yeah, that was, that was my personal favorite. Couple more here. Again, you tweet. Frank Reich says the Colts are sticking with Adam Vinatieri as their kicker. I got 63 replies, 29 retweets, 109 likes. Probably has more now. Uh, from at shebang Shabazz responds. Every young Colts player is learning that the myth of accountability in Indianapolis is a joke. It can't you know tough to deny there. i was gonna
0: say I, I i don't disagree with that there is a double standard in that locker room
1: and then kurt has to drop of course the classic you know it's it's the meme that will live forever the crying jordan uh, oh boy in, in, in the rain yeah i quote tweeted it with the crying jordan face in the rain
0: it's been a while since i've seen a crying jordan it kind of kind of
1: quieted a <laughs> there, little bit. It did. There's a while where I, those would kill me, man. When they would, like, mesh the actual person's face with just a little subtle bit of Crying Jordan in there as well, would lose it every time. I'll say this. If you could go
0: Crying Jordan meme with the picture of him in Dwight Freeney's suite last week and put a little tear on his cheek <laughs> watching the Venetary, Vinatieri- <laughs> you, so, you might need to do that. I'll, I'll look. Okay, I'll search for it. Do that.
1: Put Vinny's kick out there. It. Cool. Boy. So those are a few reactions, a little yeah. bit of mean tweets. That, that, that was good. That on was Kevin's good, corner. Man. Yeah. So <laughs> well, well done with people who fired off some pretty creative ones in there. Uh, enjoyed them for sure. All right. Let's do uh, keys to the game and prediction for Sunday against Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, wrapping it up here. Jacksonville. Um, Nick Foles obviously going to be under center. The First time he's played since 11 snaps in the season opener. Nick Fool's got a great deep ball, something Frank Reich talked about earlier this week. So I think there's a balance there of selling out on Leonard Fournette, getting the, getting the deep ball going. Uh, that's, I think, what Jacksonville is going to try and do. It's weird. Their offense, you know, obviously mainly with Gardner Minshew, they've moved it pretty well. They're like a top 15 offense in a lot of categories, but not situationally. They don't really score. And then on defense, they are... Really not very stout outside of getting after the quarterback. They've been below average in kind of rush defense, pass defense, those sorts of things. Certainly not having Jalen Ramsey hurts. And before I get into three keys, I had forgotten, Joey, the Jaguars have dominated the Colts lately. Like, dominated. Doug Marone becomes head coach in 2017. Yep. Jags are 3-1 and one against the Colts. Mm-hmm. They've outscored them. 87-39. to 39. Yikes. 87-39. to 39. Yeah. Two shutouts. Mm. The Colts have not scored against the Jags in six straight quarters. Remember, yeah. they got shut out in the second half of the meeting at Lucas Oil and held on for dear life to win that game last, last year. November, I think it was. After so,
1: the Quinn Nelson block.
0: Yeah. yeah, great call on that. The last 16 drives for the Colts against the Jags. Punt, INT, punt, miss field goal, end of game. INT, punt, turnover on downs, fumble. Punt, 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 turnover on downs, end of game. Mm. Now, a lot of those, obviously, were the continue to go for it on fourth and one in the meeting last year yeah. down there in Jacksonville. So, um, kind of interesting little subplots in the game. But three keys to victory for the Colts on Sunday. Number one, protect Jacoby Rissett. Uh They got dudes up front. Clayus Campbell, Yannick Ngakwe, who has owned the Colts, and Josh Allen. I keep on forgetting they have Josh Allen, top 10 pick, and he has been outstanding for them. Um, again, you need your offensive line to be elite, and Jacoby Brissett's movement, you know, his capability has been great. Can he continue to do that coming off the injury? Key number two slow down Leonard Fournette. While the Colts have been not played well against Jacksonville, they have owned Leonard Fournette in the two meetings. Fournette was hurt one time, suspended in the other meeting. Um, he has. I want to say like 40 carries for 110 yards, or no, even more carries than that. It's like 2.5 yards per carry. Very small number, uh, but this is the best running back the Colts have seen all year. So we'll see if how that goes. Colts have done a great job um, in limiting 100-yard rushers since last season. And then lastly, just get off the canvas. You know, like Jacksonville last year, Oakland the year before, can you bounce back? Um, how resilient are you? Uh, I think that is a huge, huge storyline in this game. What do you got? What's it going to be? I'm going with Vegas. Colts are favored by three. I'm going to go with the Colts. Okay. Um, Now, some say I'm ludicrous because if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play, how can you pick the Colts? But I, just, I think there's going to be a little rust and Nick Foles. I think the Colts typically do a good job against these sorts of running backs. So if they can continue to do that, I don't see Jacksonville moving in a whole lot. I'll go Colts 23-20. Um, again, Jacksonville's defense hasn't been that dominant, dominant unit that we're used to. And is it Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Smith not not being there? I mean, they start Najee Good. Wow. Najee Good couldn't get a single defensive snap here in Indianapolis. Right. So, yes, they're loaded in the front. Still have a couple guys, but I'm just not sold on them. So I will go... Twenty three twenty. we do need to watch the tight end injury report because jack doyle and Moali cox both missed wednesday's practice so oh no we'll, we'll we'll keep an eye on that as well
1: all right man sounds good what do we got coming up the rest of the week um definitely get an update on jacoby
0: Brissett. just make sure he's ready to go we'll have seven things up on the web website on friday um and then looking ahead to next week joey because of the short week let's have a watch party that'd be fun yeah that, I mean, you got to cover it, but that minutes. honestly would be yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be tons of watch parties around. Um,
1: yeah, around Indy.
0: So Colts play Thursday. We'll come back Monday morning, like we usually do. Recap Jacksonville. That'll be our only podcast until the game. Everyone knows what you got to do against Houston. We don't need to break down Houston too extensively. So Monday will be our recap podcast, and then we'll come back again Friday morning, even though it'll be a quick turnaround. Okay, so two recaps, n- minimal sleep. Um, coming back Thursday night versus Friday. I, I want to make sure we – because if you wait till Monday to recap Houston. like done. Yeah, it, it's done. So, um, we'll do a little Monday, Friday next week. Then the following week is Thanksgiving. We'll probably have a podcast like Tuesday or Wednesday. That'll be it for, for – wow,
1: it's already Thanksgiving.
0: For that week, yeah, man. Hey, like you said, man, it's time to look at NFL playoff standings. It's time to put up the Christmas tree. It's Get time tree to think about today. Thanksgiving. Yep. So, yeah, that that'll be a little look – at the next couple weeks on Kevin's Corner. He's Joey Molinaro. You all will be cheering against this football team tonight, the Pittsburgh Steelers, (laughs) for wild-card reasons. I'm Kevin Bowen. If you have any other questions, KBowen1070 on Twitter and 1075thefan.com. We always appreciate you guys listening. Have a great weekend. This has been Kevin Bowen. Thank you for listening to another edition of Kevin's Corner. If you haven't already, subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for the best Colts and Pacers coverage.